Heroes Not Included is a serialized story podcast featuring actual play using the Dungeons & Dragons role-playing game from Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast own their respective copyrights, trademarks, and related material. A special thanks to all the great people at Wizards of the Coast for their hard work creating such wonderful games for us to play. Previously on Heroes Not Included. Yes, so we destroy the frost giant and the wolf. I killed most of the frost wolf. Um, Jador killed the frost giant. I inked it. We didn't loot anything, and we <laughs> realized true. that quite later in our <laughs> campaign. Probably walk. had some. Uh, after walking down giant stairs, we came to Bryn Shander, and we tried to find the leader through some some village discussions. Uh, we found out that Olgart Brighthelm was a sheriff deputy. Uh, but B-Rack Shane is a speaker, which is, I guess, the head of the town. And Markham Shakeweight is a sheriff. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> the direction from the gate to the speak. Oh, I wrote down all that crap. Right, left, stay at left of fork, right, straight what? up through the intersection, left-hand side. <laughs> South of Marketplace is where we were going to the speaker palace. Heroes not included. You notice that the buildings of Brinchander are plain wooden structures with pitched rooftops that are clearly designed to keep the snow from settling on them. And you see that almost every structure you pass has clouds of white smoke issuing from them, either from stone chimneys or uh, holes in the rooftop. You're clearly making your way through a residential area. As you are following the direction, you do pass a fairly nondescript warehouse. We're passing them? Yeah, you're passing some kind of large warehouse. It's currently empty. doesn't look to be in use, but... Like the door's open? Yeah, the doors are open, and it's a rather large warehouse. Engraved in the wooden frame, you see it says Council Hall. The warehouse is Council Hall? Yeah, like this large warehouse-like building. I go, oh, God. (laughs) Evabard, you you take that as an ominous sign of what the palace could be. The town hall. You mean Gregor's garage? (laughs) Yes, the town hall on Wednesdays. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, eventually, following Aspen through the winding streets, you stop up in front of a residence that is located where the sheriff's deputy pointed you toward. So this is it. The palace part of its name is an overstatement compared to such buildings elsewhere in the world. So I'm standing with my head cocked. Yet fashioned by dwarves out of cut stone with a pitched slate roof and a colonnade in front, the palace is so out of place among the wood dwellings of Bryn Shander that it looks as if it had been magically transported here from some other region of Faerun. <laughs> and you see on the door a big brass knocker. You're on, Eobard. <sighs> this is all you. I peer behind the building I'm looking at okay. to see if I see any shimmers uh, telling me that there's a great... Now that I've learned how illusions work, right? perhaps the, they have protected the real palace. And this is just obviously the guard post. <laughs> uh, this is indeed real. This is actually here. Uh, so I walk up and I grab that knocker. Okay. And I rap, rap, tap, rap, tap. 
Which is rather forward of you instead of making um, Valum do it. Well, we're in a rustic place. Yeah. When in Rome. When in Rome. <laughs> you knock on the door. The brass makes uh, quite a thudding sound against a very solid door, hardwood. And a few moments later, you see a young woman open the door. And she uh, looks at the three of you and Valum and Jador. And she goes, can I help you? I assume I'm speaking with Speaker Shane. Uh, no. I'm her housemaid. Superb. I need to speak with Speaker Shane. An issue of utmost importance. She kind of looks around and she goes, Uh, very well. Come on in. And she ushers you into, um, not the grandest of foyers, Mm -hmm. by any stretch of imagination. In fact, made by dwarfs. (laughs) You have a lovely home. (laughs) (laughs) Once Jador gets into the space, it's rather small and a little (laughs) cramped. And she says, you can wait in the salon. And she points uh, off to the left. (laughs) I look around confused. (laughs) (laughs) You Uh, mean that side of the room? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she does point to a room next to where you are standing that looks... To your standards, Aobard, rather quaintly furnished. Yeah. But uh, there are a couple couches and several chairs. Okay. To sit in. I stroll in and pour myself a drink, assuming it, there's a little tray. Can your door sit on anything without breaking it? Uh, some things. It depends. Uh, you, you do find a pitcher of water. And uh, the young lady uh, disappears up some stairs. <laughs> as as the bar pours it, mm-hmm. it freezes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, one for me, and then just reach over, just like, pour it on your shoulder. <laughs> this is how you drink, right? <laughs> yes, it's definitely frozen. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it with an obvious look of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Go sit down on the, on the couch. So tired of the cold. <laughs> why? Why does the world never threaten from the tropics? <laughs> a few moments later, a uh, woman, slightly older than the housemaid, wearing several seasons ago in terms of fashion, but uh, a nice fur-lined cloak comes into view, and uh, she looks around at the room and she says, "I'm Speaker Shane. How may I help you?" I stand and bow, and I say, Speaker Shane, we have come to warn you of an impending danger upon your lovely city. <laughs> we have come to our attention that the frost giant horde is coming, and they want to raise this city to the ground. Immediately kind of looks around the circle at all of you, and she says, Who are you? I am Lord Eobardthon of Fangstone. She looks at you for a second, and she says, Fangstone, is that not a hold to the south and east of Waterdeep? Oh, you've heard of us. My mother and father were originally from Waterdeep. Welcome, Lord Thon. I say thank you, and these are my traveling companions who accompany me on my quest to warn you of terrible danger. Uh, inspiration for that, because that's exactly <laughs> how Eobard should talk about all of this stuff. <laughs> and she uh, then turns her attention to Calic and Aspen, and how would you guys like to introduce yourselves? You may call me Calic. Sir Calic the Moist. <laughs> and the rambunctious Aspen Tambor. Tamble. Also Valum. <laughs> you see Val- Jador. You see from behind you, you hear Valum kind of go, hi. Yeah. <laughs> the eloquent Valum. And the even more eloquent, Jador, the giant slayer. <laughs> and you see Jador kind of just give this sort of sheepish, ooh, 
<laughs> so embarrassed. Yeah, you can tell that he, oh, they use my full name. <laughs> and she says, "All right, so a Goliath, a gnome, a water genesee, and a noble are traveling with you, Lord Thon, to Bryn Shander to warn me of an attack." You have taken it all in beautifully. She says, how did this come about? I didn't want to bring up this part. <laughs> we heard it from a talking fish. You didn't hear it from a talking fish. Hey, other real stories about is believable. <laughs> we visited the village of the, the Goliath, and I, my, I gesture over to uh, Jador. Okay. And we were told by one of their sh- shamans. Their shaman. Singular shaman. Thank you. Their shaman. No. The chief. The chief. chief. Who had, a, who had a great vision, a horrible, great and horrible vision of all of these frost giants attacking your town. And given the current political climate, it seemed very likely. And so here we are to claim our reward for, for protecting your town. Uh, two questions. What is, Go on. Says, what is the current political climate and how did you protect the town? A moment ago, you just said that we were in grave danger. Well, yes, now you're warned. You'll never be caught. You'll never be caught off guard. <laughs> And also, how do you not know about the things going on with the giants? The giants? I don't understand. We haven't had a giant attack at Brinchander for years. Well, I guess that's probably because they all moved south and are attacking all of us. <laughs> Their king's missing. They don't want to stay in this hellscape with you. <laughs> the king is missing? The giant king. The giant giant. The king of the giants. Big daddy. I I don't understand what the Giant King going missing has anything to do with giants attacking Bryn Shander. You know, we don't fully understand either. I'm pretty certain it's because they don't give a crap anymore, and they're just going to attack everything until they have all the world. They're giants. That's just what they do. They just run over things and smash them. I think the king was the dude that kept them in line. There is definitely a new power vacuum since the giant wrangling the other giants has disappeared. And I have a feeling that there's nothing particularly special about this town and that you're going to be caught in a horrible splash of damage as they come marauding past to eat your children. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, this is the guy with 19 charisma. Persuasion. Charming. Very charming. Eat up your children. (laughs) And here we are, giving you the best chance you've got to just know to maybe leave. I don't know. Pack up. Move along. She says, the walls of Bryn Shander have stood for many generations. They were built by the dwarves. But I cannot in good conscience turn a blind eye to any possible threat to the town. She turns and she says, Marissa, please get Markham. He should hear this. And the lady who had opened the door bows, uh, kind of a little head nod, and immediately exits. I've sent for our sheriff. His name is Markham Southwell. I think we met his deputy at the gate. Oh, you did? Yeah, she's the one that told us where you lived. I'm not sure that I would have those people give out that kind of information at the gate, just just also so you know, (laughs) while we're talking security and all. Real easy to find where you live. She gave Uh, us a list of all your fears. I appreciate your concern, Aspen, but I am a democratically elected leader, and all people should be able to find me. 
Okie dokie. <laughs> I will discuss this news with our sheriff. In the meantime, where may I find you? Where are you staying in town? Is there more than one yeah, place yeah, to stay I know. in town? I wish I would have said that. <laughs> There's a second horse in your town. Bridge Ender is quite large. I mean, oh, it is? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They just I mean, forgot the palace. Bryn Shander is about 1,500 feet across okay. in diameter, and it has, you know, 30-foot-high stone walls. Yeah. This is the biggest city in the north. I suppose we'll be staying at the comfort of Kelvin. Kelvin's Comfort. That's right. Oh, it's a very excellent place, and I would highly recommend the fire brandy. That's what the dwarf told us. She says Kelvin's Comfort is known far and wide for its large selection of dwarven ales and brandies. I couldn't recommend it more. We are going to get so messed up. <laughs> and Lord Thon, as a courtesy, please, uh, upon your arrival, inform Ogden that he may uh, charge my account for your stay. I give a respectful nod. It is always a pleasure to welcome the nobles from the south. It's very rare that we have a southern noble up here. I hope that you will enjoy your stay, and I will send once I have spoken to the sheriff and we've decided what to do. Okie dokie. Great. And I turn around and walk out okay. immediately. Mm-hmm. All right. So she does you the kindness of pointing you in the direction of the marketplace, just a few blocks north. And sure enough, as you make it into the marketplace, you notice that it is roughly circular, a circular space uh, located in the center of town. And you see a whole variety of traders, and many of them look foreign. You see tents and covered wagons that provide shelter against the cold wind. But other than that, not much. In a few places, campfires have been made where people have huddled around them. But uh, you see all manner of wares being sold. And on the outskirts of this square, you see a sign hanging that says Kelvin's Comfort above this three-story building. So I tell... um, That looks... Very warm and very inviting. As we're all getting ready to walk in, mm-hmm. <laughs> I put my hand out until Valum walks into my hand. Valum? Valum walks into my hand. Okay. And I say, you go to that market. Find me something appropriate to wear. And I'm looking, pointing all the acid damage on my, my armor and my ratty cloak now. And uh, tell them that the, the speaker Shane has... Authorized that this is for Lord Eobard Thon and to charge her accordingly. Uh, y- yes, my lord, yes. And he uh, goes stumbling off into the cold. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to have an after. What? <laughs> Not so fast. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys, you know, you guys have been, you know, on the road for like three weeks. Right. I do really want him not to come back and so that. And I say, if you had any trouble, take this. And I hand him my purse. Okay. That has 14 gold in it. Wow. All right. The last of it. That's it. The last of it. Uh, what about your sword? I'll keep it. You're going to keep it? Not going to work out. He he goes stumbling off. Do you make your way into the into Kelvin's comfort? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, she was not lying about an extensive stock of dwarven ales and brandies. You can see that as you walk in, there are bottles and bottles and casts all over the place. The common room is bedecked with dwarven craft of battle hammer make, uh, but most of the liquors are imported from uh, Mirabar on the other side of the spine of the world. Of battle hammer make? Mm-hmm. As a clan reference. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, so uh, you see a lot of individuals uh, sitting around and eating. 
You see, uh, Eobard, you do see people using knives and forks. <laughs> oh, sweet. You guys stability. see uh, human-sized goblets oh. and steins. Food without bits of hair still on it. <laughs> you see a whole variety of food being laid out in front of a whole variety of people. And one of the barmaids comes up. She kind of looks over at your entire party, Chador and all of you included, and she says... Welcome to Kelvin's Comfort. What can I do for you? We are here to eat, and then to drink, and then to sleep. So we'll be needing rooms, each of you? I say yeah. How big are your rooms? She looks at you and she goes, quite a lot larger than you. I wasn't asking for me, I was asking for Jador. She kind of goes, oh, well, you're a big one, aren't you? We can fit him. Seat yourselves down. I'll be ordered to take your order in just a second. Yeah, I go pop down. Yeah, you guys find this huge mahogany mm-hmm. table with these two long mahogany benches on either side. And you can tell that the table has this deep, dark stain in the wood, and it's been polished and worn over the course of many, many, many years, so that the wood has this sort of glossy look to it. It feels solid, stable. The fire that is coming from the hearth mm-hmm. is roaring, and for the first time in weeks, you feel... Warm. <laughs> Shake that chill. Only up until this moment did you realize that even at your warmest over the past several weeks, there was always kind of this this sort of chill. Soon the barmaid returns. And she walks up to your table and she says, All right, what will you be having? She says, We have uh, several drinks that we're known for. I say, I've heard a lot about this fire brandy. Oh, yeah, Flamebeard's Fire Brandy. She says, that's a good one. Bring me your best bottle. Okay, very good. Anything else? Food on a plate. Oh, well, you're in luck. That's our specialty. Excellent. <laughs> she says, and what will you be having? She looks at you, Aspen. Also food on a plate? Oh, two very picky eaters, I see. It's and uh, how about you here, my uh, wet one? <clears throat> I will have... Probably soup, right? Some vegetables. <laughs> vegetables. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference, or are you as picky as uh, your companions here? The rude variety. I have some nice potatoes. What I do you? Wonderful. And then she looks over at Jador, and she goes, And what about you, big fella? <laughs> Jador looks at her and goes, Mmm. Hungry. Do you, what do you want? He goes, Mmm. Potatoes. Meat. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if he would have shifted into... Well, <laughs> a steak, medium rare, if you've got it. <laughs> and a kale salad. Kale salad. Uh, two uh, pheasants yeah. and uh, four rabbits. What are your dressings? <laughs> a cheese All right, plate well, she says, uh, of your local varieties. Uh, you, wouldn't happen, you wouldn't happen to have a charcuterie, would yeah. you? <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> He's just been hungry. <laughs> He's just cold this whole time. Yeah. And uh, finally he goes... And beer. She goes, all right, beer. So I have uh, brandy, food on a plate, some potatoes, and some beer. And she looks at you, Aspen, and she goes, would you like anything to drink other than water? Um, do you have anything fruity? Do I have anything fruity? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I think we have a brandy or two that might pass. Okay. And she looks over at you, Kellogg. Water. I assumed as much. <laughs> All right. I'll be back. And she walks away. Uh, the place is filled with all kinds of different people. 
you see a variety of people having uh, various conversations. Is anyone gambling? You don't really see anybody gambling at the moment. You do see, uh, sitting in the corner, a knight. It's clearly a knight because he is wearing a tunic, and on the tunic is a symbol of a gauntlet. Mm. Uh, and you see that he is kind of given the eye to, kind of staring down, keeping his eye on a dwarf across the bar who is talking to a, a rather shady fellow, and they seem to be involved in some kind of rambling conversation. But otherwise... Do I notice this? I mean, is, is it noticeable enough that, you know, it sticks out from the... the sort yeah, because of- most people are kind of focused on the conversations that are going on at their table, but you notice that this knight is kind of sitting off in the corner. You see occasionally he's uh, wiping his nose, which seems to be red. Mm-hmm. He occasionally sneezes and sniffles. I think deep into my brain. Okay. Go listen. Don't be seen. Who do we listen to? Look at the red-nosed one. Ooh. Mr. Goody Two Shoes. (laughs) And you feel a weight lift from your from your shoulder. It's good people that know this. It's not people. A moment later, uh, the barmaid returns with your beverages. <laughs> with your beverages, uh, she places in front of you, Calic, a large stein filled with water. Uh, she places in front of uh, you, Eobard, a glass filled with Flame Beard's fire brandy. I said the bottle. <laughs> Finest bottle. Well, uh, a bottle is placed next to it. Excellent. I want to make sure she was listening she, to she, she poured in uh, some already into a did, did she pour just a little bit in, and then I tasted it, and I went, mm, mm, No, she filled up. She, <laughs> no, she just filled up the goblet. <laughs> this is court. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to be hoity. And then uh, she places in front of Jador this large stein and walks away. And Jador picks the stein up and sets it back down empty. Thirsty. <laughs> mm. And he looks and he goes, bigger. I don't know that they have bigger glasses here, buddy. I sniffed this, uh, this brandy. You sniffed the brandy? I was talking about it. Uh, it doesn't smell particularly impressive. I swish it around a little bit. Swish it around a little bit. I look at the... Juice, or look at the uh, the liquids as they stick to the side of the glass. Oh, okay. Wow, yeah. So you're really getting into it here. It doesn't really coat the glass very well. Confused. I've been told this was really great. Now I take a sip of it. Uh, you take a sip, and it's not bad. You've had worse, but uh, it certainly isn't, you know, the best brandy you've ever had by any imagination. So any stretch of the imagination. I just go... Disappointing. <laughs> Set it down. Um, I continue to drink it. It's, okay. it's functional brandy, I guess. Uh, you've had uh, cleaner, fresher water. <laughs> it's likely that this water came out of the pump out back from one of the city wells. Perfect. <laughs> Your brandy, Aspen, is uh, sweet. Has a very nice finish. Finally, she returns with food. Jador holds up his stein. And he has kind of this sort of shy look on his face, and he kind of holds it towards her, and he goes, More? Larger? (laughs) And she goes, Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I suppose you might like a a bigger glass next time, would you, huh? (laughs) And she goes, How much bigger wouldn't you like it? And John Dor goes, Oh, bigger? 
if they are flirting. I do not want to be here. I think it's a one-sided flirt right now. Yeah. I don't think... It's just like, I just want more beer. Just a bigger thing. Uh, the food she puts in front of you, you see, um, you each have in front of... Well, in front of you, Calic, you see a very large helping of um, uh, baked and roasted potatoes. Lovely. Very, very large portion. And then uh, in front of uh, you, Eobard, uh, you see that she has placed uh, half of a rabbit, a vegetable medley. Is it on a plate? It's on a plate, and it is steaming. Oh. <laughs> um, you get the same. I didn't have to thought aspen. before I ate it. <laughs> no, you get the same aspen. And uh, she... I, I picked them up just to see if, it's, if it was the original rabbit. No, no, it looks... <laughs> oh, they come from different rabbits. Sorry, that was very rude. Um, <laughs> and uh, you see that she places in front of uh, Jaw Door, it looks like um, a, a, a rack of uh, beef ribs. And she says, Will that be all for now? We've been eating anything else. I think so. I'm good. All right. And she walks away. And you guys tuck into your food. I reach over and I take a little niblet from Jador's ribs. I'm just tasting it, buddy. Kill over dead. (laughs) She comes back a a moment later uh, with um, two steins that she puts in front of Jador. Jador goes, oh, thank you. (laughs) She's like, of course, honey. Yeah, so you guys tuck in your food, and it is good food. It might not, in reality, be that well-seasoned and that well-cooked, but after three yeah. weeks of eating yeah. whatever Jador could kill yeah. <laughs> and clean right there in front of the, the fire that sometimes had other things burning on top of it, <laughs> this is quite good, and it hits the spot. It is warm and filling, as is the case with a very large plate of potatoes. Soon you have that nice, full, warm feeling in your belly. You're cutting the meat with a fork and a knife, and it tastes good, and it feels like it's been flavored. And they used salt. They used salt. <laughs> Valum uh, comes stumbling in. It's probably been about an hour, hour and a half. And you can see that he's shivering. <laughs> I say, here, take this disappointing bottle of brandy. <laughs> oh, thank you, my lord. And he has this bundle, and he's like, I, I, I got you some clothes, my lord. And I also... Found some new armor for you. Oh, good, good, good. We have a room. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I turn away. <laughs> and uh, he grabs the, the the bottle of brandy. Thank you, my lord. And you see he kind of walks over to the, the barmaid and engages in a conversation, and she just points towards the stairs. And the uh, barmaid comes over and says, Well, will you be having another round? Are you still hungry? Do you have anything better than this uh, this fire brandy? It was very disappointing. Oh, well, we have quite a few things that are quite a bit better. Everyone talks about this fire brandy. Why, why wouldn't they talk about the better stuff? What exactly would you be looking for? Oh, it's a quantity thing. Just we happen to have quite a few dwarven brandies in from Mirabar. Bring, bring me something impressive. I'll bring you one of my favorites. Okay. She looks over at you. This is when they really stick you. (laughs) I did this once at a restaurant. It was the dumbest thing I've ever done. Could you just have the chef recommend something? That was a really great $27 bottle of glass. Glass? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, She looks over at you, Calic, and she says, 
And uh, do you want more water? Yes. Would you like more potatoes? Yes. Yeah, treat yourself. <laughs> yes, please. And you, Iwan, is there anything more I can bring you? Um, Aspen kind of yawns and stretches. Okay, it's like a kid. his eyes a couple of times. He's like, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm good. All right. And she goes, and how about you, big boy? Are you still thirsty? And Jador goes, oh, oh, <coughs> still thirsty. <laughs> I'll get you a couple more. Okay, so at this point, while I'm waiting, this is when I take a moment to listen carefully. Listen carefully. And try to attune my ears. Okay. To my little scaly friend. Yeah, so you hear a wheezing and sniffling. <laughs> This brandy is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> what is the deal with this brandy? <laughs> and then you then you hear um, like it's said under their breath. You're not going to get away from me now, Weevil. You hear in your head, Malthus says to you, "Oh, this one is ill. It's oozing things from its face." All right, this one is gross. Go listen to these two. Mmm, <laughs> much more interesting. <laughs> And he kind of flutters over there, and immediately you hear two voices. Mm-hmm. And as you kind of look in that direction, the voices kind of line up with the mouth. <laughs> oh, stereo audio. So good. Stereo audio. <laughs> it's really quite impressive. The kind of scruffy-looking human says, Weevil, that uh, knight over there, you see it? He's ordered the gauntlet. He's been looking at you all day. We're going to have to do something about him. And you see the small, sort of scruffy dwarf, who this guy is referred to as Weevil, say, Oh, I've got something in store for him. Yes, I've got something in store for him. And he goes, Oh, well, what do you have in store for him? Because I I want my shot at him. You know, they've captured the rest of us. We're the only two left. This is our chance to get some revenge on him. I'm taking my next bite, and you guys see me talk to my rep and say, Oh, that dwarf is screwed. (laughs) (laughs) And Weevil goes, Oh, no. I have a surprise. You're going to like this one. But trust me, you'll get your shot. Oh, you'll get your shot. We just have to wait a little longer. He drinks any more of that rot gut. He'll be ready. You watch. Oh, they're going to gank this guy. And you hear Malthus go, Oh, I like these people. (laughs) (laughs) They're businessmen. (laughs) He goes, It's very smart. Always you wait. Yes, you wait for your enemy to be... Let the alcohol do the fighting. (laughs) They don't smell so good, though. And then you hear the other scruffy human look at him and go, Weevil, what do you want to do with all of the other food that we've gotten? We have all of that food that we stole. We have all of that beer. Why don't we get rid of it? Weevil says, Oh, I have a plan for that, too. Yes, we're going to make a wee bit of money. You wait. When we return south, we're going to return south as kings. Interesting. Very. Yeah, in front of you, Aobard, you see a a green bottle that is about six inches high. It has a long neck and a really fat, round bottom on it. It has not been opened. It is still covered in wax. The barmaid says, I think you'll be liking that. Excellent. I stand and I draw my saber. Okay. And I slice the top off the bottle. 
I heard they did that fancy place. Wow. All right. I'm actually going to. Uh, I, I actually want you to roll to see whether or not you just break the bottle in half and smash it all over the place. Just give me a roll. What do you get? Something uh, like six. Six. <laughs> um, you stand up and you pull out your sword and you swing it right th- across the top of the, the bottle and you break off the entire top part of the bottle. That's a little more than I hoped. <laughs> It'll work. Glass goes shattering <clears throat> on the floor. Then immediately uh, the aroma that hits your nose is molasses. So I pour it. Drink it. Is it better than the fire brandy? Yes. Exceptionally better than the fire brandy. In fact, it is very, very smooth. And it starts with notes of molasses that then moves to honey notes and ends with uh, a sort of uh, coffee-ish caramel flavor. That's the one that that dwarf should have talked about. (laughs) Yeah, I I sip on that. Now now that's probably warming a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Meal, that, meal down, finally feeling that good. Warms right, yeah, right through you. Strangely excited about this new uh, vein of, of uh, intrigue. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah, I spend, I guess, a good a bit more time just sort of listening into these conversations. Looking for anything that could give me the upper hand should I choose to act. To act. Okay. Aspen, what are you doing? I feel like Aspen is warm for the first time, he's got food in his belly. He's hanging out with these people that have survived all this scary trauma with him. He's just kind of like feeling safe and warm for the first time, so he's just kind of like soaking it all in. Yeah, just kind of sitting there a little kind sleepily, of, kind sort of, of leaning against your door, kind of a little, little sleepy eyed, little, okay. little sleepy kitten. Calic? Uh, pretty much just standing, uh, sitting there, drinking, eating. Yeah. I have no interest in Kind of carbo-loading? Yeah. No interest in, in uh, socializing at okay. all. Just a bunch of carbo-loading. <laughs> uh, Got bulk up! It, do you guys wish to do anything before you go to bed? What time is it? Uh, it's starting to get on pretty late in the evening. Hmm. Um, I tell Malthus to stick with those those two. Because I'm just, it's more like entertainment, right? right. Like, I, I, I mean, told, I, it's like, oh, some point tonight, there's going to be like the, the season meta. finale. Yeah, the season finale. <laughs> yeah, an audio drama. <laughs> yeah. <It's very> meta. <laughs> and I might, yeah, I might I might even be ready to throw my boots on and go and uh, go and watch if, uh, if, if it seems worth my time. I think Aspen's going to ask the barmaid mm-hmm. for directions to a place that he can pawn some of his, like, he has, like, some extra weapons. And he's got that silver salt shaker. And oh, yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> she says, oh, well, you'll be wanting Renderos Emporium. And Renderos? Renderos Emporium. He's shrewd, but fair. So, to bed? Mm-hmm. I've gone to flipping through the old book. Okay. And I'm still constantly telling Malthus to keep me completely apprised of where they are and what's going on. So, uh, you each have been given a room. Valum has uh, the fire stoked in your room upon arrival. He has your uh, new sets of clothes and leather armor mm-hmm. uh, laid out uh, for you to don in the morning. Is and it befitting of the house dawn? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, it's it's yeah, slightly different cut, and you can. It's a slightly different style because obviously it wasn't made, uh, you know, 
at Fangstone mm-hmm. by your own. <laughs> it might be a little bit more um, armor insulated than usual. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, and you can see that he's already uh, warmed the bed. I think, get out. <laughs> I go, I go sit in that chair. Kallik and uh, Aspen, you as well, find in your rooms. Uh, Aspen, you find in your room a gnome-sized bed. For me, all special-like. <laughs> yeah, they put you in the same room as Jador. I was kind of hoping they would do that. I hope he doesn't just snore. <laughs> we probably know that already. <laughs> I think you would know that by now. You spent three weeks with him. And uh, you guys uh, settle into bed, and you settle into a lovely night's sleep. And then four red dragons appear in your bed. That old huckleberry. <laughs> Every once in a while, Aobard, you don't get fully awake. Yeah. Every once in a while, you kind of hear this voice in your head that says, So bored, boring, boring. <laughs> I say... I say back, I know this promised this promise to be much more interesting. They don't do. Why not the, why not go do what they say they're going to do? This is so boring. Yeah, nothing uh, happens that night mm. that Malthus is able to see. Um, the next morning, you awake and you eventually make your way down to the common room. You have breakfast. You break your fast with whatever it is that pleases you. There's lots of warm bread, rich butter and cream, and small beer. And it's very good food, even if it is simple food, simple fare. It is very good tasting, especially the fact that you've had a full night's sleep in a bed, and you know, had great food last night, and warm brandy, and now this morning you come down to a nice warm common room. And it almost feels like normal. And while you're there at breakfast. You see, uh, walking into the tavern, a gentleman wearing a big uh, fur-lined cloak, bald head, and uh, dark complexion. And he kind of looks around briefly in the common room, sees all of you at the table. He walks up to you, and he says, Lord Thawne, I presume. Yes, and you are? I am Markham Southwell, Sheriff Bryn Chander. Oh, we met your we met your deputy. What's uh, his name? Was uh, the deputy's name? No, the the this guy. Uh, Markham Southwell. M A R K H A M Southwell. I wrote down Markham Shakeweight. <laughs> and you can tell by his complexion that he is uh, Turami. He says, "I have spoken with Speaker Shane. I wanted to come find you, hear for myself this news that you bring." She informs me that we are going to be attacked. That you believe we are, we will be attacked by ice giants. That's what I told her. Where did this information come from? It's funny you should ask. Some might say it came from a, a divine being, but channeled through a Goliath chief. And he kind of looks at Jador for a moment. The Goliaths don't make their way to Brinchander very often. Yeah, and I can't imagine that people come from Waterdeep all that often either. That means what we came with was important. When is this attack due to occur? We aren't 100% sure. It's not like we can send spies into the giant camps. So we will be attacked, but you do not know when. Yeah, so you better start doing stuff now. Where will this attack come from? I don't know. You'll probably see it. Up high? Prepare I'm for being giant attacked giant. on all sides. So you do not know where the attack will come from or when it will come. 
just that we will be attacked. <clears throat> well, the giants have been attacking the rest of the countryside for months now, so you should be thankful that they haven't even attacked you yet. We haven't seen a giant in these parts for a great deal of time. Well, they've been rampaging. <laughs> we we <laughs> they destroyed them. my home. We killed one just a few days. You March. killed a giant? A frost giant? Yes. Yeah. We did. Yes! It's like dragons all over again. (laughs) (laughs) Dragons is the new giants. Check. We defeated. (laughs) Defeated. And he says, Well, none of my scouts have reported seeing any sort of giants. And I said, Have you heard back from all your scouts? I have, in fact. Well, then they obviously missed one, because we definitely killed one. Where was this? Where is its loot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are not intimate. You see John Dory he reaches into his bag and you see he drops onto the table these large teeth. Cluck 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 cluck. Jardor goes Smash giant. Ah <laughs> Very well. So you most rolled a twenty in dentistry. Says <laughs> <laughs> so you fought a giant. It is still no proof of any kind that we will be attacked. Look, we were charged with coming to warn you of an attack as foreseen by a divine vision. I don't know if we're supposed to convince you that it's true, but as I see it, we have fulfilled our duty. "Mm." Very well. You should know that I have stationed guards along the walls. They are on alert, and I have told them to look for frost giants. He says, after you are done breaking your fast, if you wish, I can show you our fortifications. Yes, I would like to see these fortifications. He says, very well. Meet me at the southwest gate later today. I'll see you then. Wonderful. Lord Thong? Hmm. And uh, he turns and kind of stiffly walks out of the room. We're not staying, right? We have to go back. I don't want to fight. We have important information about the, the giant where? king to Waterdeep. Yeah, yeah. They don't know. What are they going to do? I don't, I don't know. know. What are we going to do? <laughs> it's going to take us, what, two months to get back to Waterdeep? A long way away. Um, <laughs> by then, the giants will have just trampled everything. Yeah. They've been I'm struggling with my character's though. few Fs to give. <laughs> Well, in the case of Eobard, mm-hmm. I mean, now that you've been fed, maybe Eobard is back to sort of the tour mentality. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would kind of like to see I mean, whenever a bunch the, of catapults shoot down a... Whenever your father has traveled places, mm-hmm. they've always given him tours. Sounds like Kallik is just honestly interested. How about you, Aspen? I feel like Aspen wants to go back to Waterdeep. He feels like he has important information. The council was called to deal with the giants. The council wasn't called because of this letter. The letter happened during the council. And so we have important information about the Giant King that we need to take back to the council so that we can better address the the giant threat. I mean, they're like dignitaries and stuff. They might know about this Giant King. So you guys break your fast. Are you going to head to the marketplace or are you going to head over to the gate? When did he say meet up at the gate? (sighs) He just said later, Mm -hmm. after you had broken your fast. I don't care to see the fortifications, so I'm going to head to the marketplace. Okay, the marketplace is literally out the front door. Okay. I guess we'll we'll head to the gate. All right, you guys begin making your way down the main thoroughfare that leads literally directly to the gate. Aspen, you make your way out into the marketplace. 
And it's another dreadfully cold day in Icewind Dale as you bundle up in your warmest furs. Bryn Shander's market square bustles with knucklehead trout fishers selling their finest scrimshaw to traders from the south, while other common folk warm their hands and faces by small campfires. Everywhere across town, people are trudging through snow-covered streets on errands. The town's outer walls block the worst of the wind, but not all of it. A sudden blast occasionally catches everyone by surprise, causing shivers and grumbling all around. The mood of the town changes abruptly. Something is amiss. Pedestrians are vacating the square with great haste, disappearing into their hovels. As spear-toting guards with grim faces move with purpose toward the southwest gate, you hear a booming voice from that direction as it calls out, Surrender or December, or die. Thank you for listening to Heroes Not Included. If you would like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at heroesnotincluded.com. Heroes Not Included is available on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Podbean. Please rate, review, like, and share us. We'd love to hear from you. Your continued support is critical to our success. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider becoming a patron. As a patron, not only will you be helping keep the lights on, you will gain access to patron-only content, including a special patron-only Star Wars podcast. Visit the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash heroes not included. Until next week, be the hero. Be the hero.